0: you really need to focus on the longer-term strategies that develop deep relationship. Because if you can create those relationships, those will typically endure through those difficult times and carry you through. But if all you're doing is churning and burning, trying to make the quick sale, you're, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble.
1: You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast Well, welcome back listeners to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. I want to start by sharing a statistic with you. That 65% of new business is driven by word of mouth advertising. Now this was an article that was uh, published I think in the New York Times, but even if the number is not 65%, even if it's 60% or 64%, obviously that's a large percentage of business. And my guest today is Steve Gordon, and Steve's going to talk about building a referral engine. Something that you can set up, create, and that you can uh, continue go back to that will generate ongoing referrals. Steve his background is he's a best-selling author. He's the founder of a company called The Unstoppable uh, CEO. He also has a podcast uh, called The Unstoppable CEO Podcast, and he's written over 400 articles on marketing for service businesses. So through his firm, he helps service businesses and entrepreneurs to create and leverage marketing systems uh, so they can spend less time on business development and more time on what matters most. During our conversation, he uh, will also share with you uh, maybe an unusual approach to generating um, generating referrals at word of mouth, and that's using a podcast to land clients and massive referrals. When Steve was just 28, he became the CEO of an engineering and consulting firm, but he knew nothing about sales or marketing. And now 12 years later, after growing that firm's uh, revenue by 10 times, Steve started his second business, a consulting business, and uh, works uh, in about 30 industries, including manufacturing, professional service, construction and consulting to design sales marketing and referral systems for high ticket high trust products and services. So today he's here to share what he's learned take us through the journey that will help you and I attract more ideal clients and do that through referrals. So welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today Steve. Hey well good morning Steve and welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Hey Doug I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you. I love talking to other marketing people because you know they say that um, you know iron sharpens iron or steel sharpens steel. And I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about what you do. So I do know in looking at your background and um, some of the services that you provide your clients that you came into the sales and marketing world from a non-traditional background. Do you want to just quickly uh, give us a highlight of you know where you were and how you got to where you are?
0: Yeah. So I actually, uh, when I went to college, I got a technical degree in a really tiny little discipline of engineering called geomatics. And probably nobody who's listening to this has ever heard of it. um, But I went to work uh, after college, I was the 10th employee at a small consulting firm that focused in that area. And was really just fortunate to kind of fall into a great opportunity. The founder of, of that firm, was kind of thinking long term and thinking about what his exit would be, and apparently that was his exit plan. and I didn't know it for a few years, but uh, <laughs> that's great. I, after being there for about four years, right before our first daughter was born, actually about two weeks before she was born, he came to me and said, uh, "You know, when you come back after you off, you're going to take over CEO." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> well, you know, it was a, a little bit of a hard swallow there because I I didn't think at age 28 I was ready for that, and I certainly wasn't and learned a lot in the process, but able to to grow that firm and, and have a, a real successful run at it. And what I discovered in that process is that I really enjoyed the sales and marketing part of that. I didn't enjoy so much some of the other parts of it, but the sales and marketing was absolutely fascinating. So that's kind of how I ended up here. So after running that firm for about 12 years, I decided it's time to go off and focus on the thing that I really love doing. And now we work with other professional service firms and help them kind of apply the lessons that we've learned. Because selling Professional services are a little bit unique. And most of the time, the business owner is also the you know the the entire production line. They are the sales force and they're the product. And there are very few other businesses where one person holds all of those roles, and it, it makes for a challenging sale. And so we really focus on those folks. That's who we're a hero to.
1: Well, and before we started recording, you, we talked uh, briefly about the work that you do in referral marketing. And obviously, that was the title of your, your first book on unstoppable referrals. So why don't we dive in and why don't you walk us through kind of your, your process? Because, you, you know, you often hear people give lip service to, well, my clients come from word of mouth. And um, while that may be true that some of their clients come through word of mouth, I'm assuming you have a process to make sure that, that this continually happens and it's not just a by chance thing.
0: Yeah, and, and there, there are all kinds of studies done on, on word of mouth and referral marketing. The Probably one of the more famous ones was published in the New York Times, and they looked at, at word of mouth in the U.S. and found that in the neighborhood of about 65%, I think it was 63.4 was the exact number, but roughly 65% of all new business that's done in the U.S., and this is going back a, a number of years, but I doubt it's changed much, is driven by word of mouth. And, I mean, when I read that, it just sort of hit me like a two-by-four in the forehead because if you think about all the money, we're about to have the Super Bowl, right? Um, You know, every (laughs) year we have this grand event, which is really not about football. It's about advertising. Yep. Okay. And all the money that's spent to get in front of that audience and at best, and and think about all the money that's spent on ads and other things, at best, it's going to drive 35% of all of the commerce that's done. Yeah. And we've got this other thing over here called word of mouth. And when you ask businesses, uh, in fact, John Jantz wrote a great book called The Referral Engine. Um, and he interviewed a few thousand business owners and asked them, you know, if you got most, you know, where'd you get most of your business? They, about the same number, 65% said word of mouth. And then he asked a, a second question, which I think is brilliant. So if you get most of your business from word of mouth, do you have a system or a process or a method for making that happen? And 80% of them said, nope, we don't do anything. Wow.
1: Well, I'm in that boat. When I was reading your background before we started talking, I'm thinking, okay, you're an engineer. You're going to have a system for this. Most of my high-end clients come from word of mouth, but I don't have a trackable, repeatable, teachable system on how to make that happen.
0: Yeah. And the, the big mistake that people make with word of mouth and with referrals is that most of the time when we think of a referral, we're thinking of that already sold prospect who is hand delivered to us. You know, and they've already got the checkbook out and they're, you know, they're warming up the pen, you know, <laughs> and they're at that stage of the buying process. And those are great, but, you know, those are going to come pretty much no matter what you do. The real leverage in word of mouth is working back up the buying process to people who are at, at an earlier stage where maybe they know that they have an issue, but they're not really clear on it. And, you know, if you think in terms of a funnel, kind of instead of trying to get your referrals at the bottom of the funnel, get them in the top or the middle of the funnel. And, and it's just a huge untapped opportunity. And the way that you go about that is, is really very similar to the way that we do a lot of, of uh, direct and internet marketing today. It's a two-step lead generation process. So you go out to the relationships that you have and you create something that would be really, really valuable to the people that they know in their network, you know, whether that is an, an audience, you know, so we do this a lot of times with people that come on my podcast and we'll talk about how, to, how you can use a podcast for this. So I'll interview someone, I'll develop a relationship with them and that'll usually lead to us doing other forms of collaboration if there's a fit um, down the road. And sometimes that means that I'll do a webinar where I share some really great information with the people in their audience and the act of them hosting that webinar is a massive referral event for me. Sure, that makes sense. So I might generate a thousand leads. Now, they're not all ready to sign up and become clients, and, and some of them may never become clients, and that's okay. But instead of putting all of the pressure of making the sale on this other person that I have just started this relationship with, Instead of putting all that pressure on them, which is why you don't get a lot of those pre-closed referrals all the time. It's a lot of work for for the person who's bringing them to you. You're basically taking all that back and saying, well, just put me in front of the people and I'm going to come with something really valuable that they're going to need to know. And then we've got a process after that, that will filter them down and get them here. But if, if, you know, my new best friend who I have just interviewed can simply come and say, Hey, here's Steve. And he's got this really great presentation on, you know, in our case, how to use word of mouth and podcasts and all of that to build relationships and grow your business. Um, And I think you're going to benefit from it. Now it takes all the risk out of it for the person making those referrals. It allows them to refer a whole lot more people in one kind of fell swoop and do it really, really easily. And, it, it allows you to do it in a really systematic way. And so so that's kind of our approach and, and how it differs from what people typically do. Does that kind of give you a sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, I, you obviously see that through joint ventures. So, you know, uh, anybody who, um, has, has an email has probably seen uh, joint venture offers come through as well. And, but I, I like what you said. And, and so just to back up for our listeners, you said provide massive value for, for the audience. Lots of times what I see is, is less than that is, Hey, come to a webinar, which is really about, Hey, buy my stuff. And they forgot the value for the, for the person. So yeah, I'm comfortable, more comfortable having you talk to my audience providing value than I am coming with the sales pitch for sure.
0: Yeah. On the internet marketing side, it's the world that that you and I kind of live in. I think a lot of listeners will relate to this. I mean, we've really taken this whole JV thing to an extreme and it's not that there aren't really good places to use that and I'm not knocking it, but there are also opportunities to show up and not sell something and just show up and create the lead and create the relationship. You know, particularly when you're selling something that is expensive or, you know, or requires a great deal of trust, which is really the world that we live in with, you know, the clients we work with, when people do business with them, it's usually minimum of five or $10,000 investment. With some of our clients, it's a six-figure investment or more. And you're not going to sell that on a webinar, on a JV webinar where you're paying a commission, Right. No. You know, it's a different kind of animal. And so for some businesses and some products, that can work really well, that JV model. But there's also a place to go in. And we've done this with people who do a lot of the JV model, but we've been able to come in and say, look, you've been hammering your list, you know, with all of these JV pitches. Why don't we come in and do something that's 100% value? Because, A, hey, you need that. You need to put some deposits in, into the trust bank and into the relationship bank with your audience. And we've got some great stuff and we don't have a need to sell something today to stay in business. We're okay starting relationships and growing those relationships and growing trust over time.
1: That's a great point. I mean, th- what you've just said, there's a lot of value and a lot of information in there, especially if you're selling a higher ticket item. It's about starting the dating relationship by providing value. I mean, I don't know if you're, you've heard of or know of Frank Kern, but I heard Frank once say, you know, if you're going to run an ad telling people about your service and how you serve them, why don't you actually do some of that in your advertising?
0: Yeah. And, and I think Frank does a lot of things the right way. And, you know, it's funny. I I also think he sometimes gets a bad rap, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's one of the early guys in the internet marketing world and probably along the way made some mistakes like we all have. And But if you look at, at what, especially what he's doing lately, he's investing a lot of time in a relationship before the sale. And I think that the, the time factor in marketing, which allows for development of trust and relationship is one that we've largely forgotten. And I think we're going to see a swing back to that. One of the things we keep telling our clients, especially as we, you know, we're looking out that, you know, the next year or two, there may be a recession in the U.S. is that you really need to focus on the longer term strategies that develop deep relationship. Because if you can create those relationships, those will typically endure through those difficult times and carry you through. But if all you're doing is churning and burning, trying to make the quick sale, you're, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble
1: yeah absolutely. I mean, the last thing I want to do is make a mistake with my marketing budget by working with somebody who's not going to deliver on their promise when it might be my job on the line of my company or from an entrepreneur, obviously it's coming out of my pocket. yeah, absolutely. So can you walk us through an example um, of somebody that you worked with you know so feel free to share their name if you'd like to give them a shout out or not on on you know what you did to help them to to develop this system uh, for referral marketing and and how it worked for them
0: yeah, so we we've got. Let me give you two different, slightly different examples. Um, one is business to consumer and one is business to business. This typically works best business to business because uh, the way that we start the process is usually with an outreach to either an influencer or, you know, or a prospect directly who is somebody that's in the market that our business wants to, you know, or our client wants to sell to. And we start off by creating a podcast for the client. So they've got a platform which gives them an excuse to go out and say, you know, hey, Doug, I've got this podcast where I'm going around interviewing all of the smartest people in the industry and your name came up. How would you like to sit down, share your expertise? And oh, by the way, we'll promote your business to everybody in in our world. And that doesn't have to be a lot of people. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And, you know, would you be willing to jump on a quick call and do that now? If you're thinking about trying to get in touch with an influencer that might otherwise not answer your email or take your call, what do you think your chances are of of doing that? I mean, I I get asked all the time to to go on podcasts and I answer those emails in a heartbeat because it gives me an opportunity to promote my business. Conversely, I get pitches all the time for people that want to get on the phone with me. And I never answer those. Uh, <laughs> that's, the that's difference funny. is the person yeah. that offered the interview leads with value, right? We get to create a yeah. relationship and then take it to a next step. And it works with influencers and it works with prospects. And so that's kind of the, the foundational approach. So, So we've got clients that are going around and doing this in a number of different industries right now. One guy in particular is doing it in out in Silicon Valley. He insures merger and acquisition transactions, uh, which is a really niche form of insurance. And he started out two years ago, completely brand new to the market and uh, had no contacts. He'd been in insurance, but in sort of your typical business insurance, but no contacts at all. So now he's created a podcast around the M&A industry and he's gone out and interviewed all of the the attorneys and some investment bankers and some of the private equity folks that do these deals and and who would be users of his insurance but he didn't talk about the insurance on the podcast unless one of the the guests brings it up it's just a way for him to connect with the people that can bring him new business and you know so he's gone from absolutely zero to his first transaction was ensuring a deal between Audi, the car company, where they bought another car company or not a car company, but a, a rental car company out in Silicon Valley. And he's, these things come, come along now to him. New deals are popping up on a consistent basis because he's now in contact in a very unique way with all of the key people in the market. At the same time, he's building authority for himself and for his business. He's building a reputation where he was completely unknown before. And so that's really the power of being able to to have this kind of a platform and start these relationships. They'll now get referred. So a lot of the, the way that those deals come about is, you know, there might be 50 attorneys nationwide inside one firm that handle these types of deals. So he's now getting connected because he interviewed one attorney in the firm. He's now getting connected with all of them and and really being able to fuel word of mouth for his business that way. So that's one way it can work in kind of a, a B2B environment. And you can use it in a lot of different businesses. We work with you know advertising agencies, marketing agencies, folks in, in all kinds of service businesses, and, and it can work really well there. And it can work really well in a product business if you focus on going after people with audiences where their audience needs your product. So same strategy could work there. So that's on the B2B side. On the on the consumer side, we've got a client who it's a local little business. And he goes around, he's in retirement planning, he goes around and interviews the the kind of well-known people who are in retirement or nearing retirement and that are known in the community. And then they share the interview on Facebook, right? So he gets instant, you know, instant new connections and audience and and all of that. And that's really driving his business and and has done tremendous things for him over the last year. He's even had the opportunity to interview a, a former Supreme Court justice here in Florida.
1: That's that's really neat. I mean, so, you know, uh, listeners, we're talking about opposed to spending a whole bunch of time and money developing and building an ad and spending money pushing it out. I mean, you're leveraging, you're, like you said, you're leveraging relationships of other people who are influencers by offering value up front, opposed to trying to push your ad to them like your example earlier, which was the Super Bowl.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, in, for some businesses, ads are going to be a great thing, but this can complement... And augment that. But in a lot of businesses, you know, we find that, that these relationships really drive the bulk of the business anyway. And and this now gives you a systematic way to go after them. Whereas before it was probably random and you just sort of hoped that things show, you know, that the referral showed up when you needed them
1: yeah i mean and i've seen both sides of that obviously we you know we uh, spend money on advertising for our clients as well however what you're talking about here is a is is it's a long game like if i run a google ad today i can have a sale today but this is a longer term strategy where i'm getting a deeper relationship and like you mentioned earlier you know how likely would would audi be to contact your client based on them running an ad to ensure a transaction like that transaction because that's probably a very significant size, I'm I'm guessing an eight-figure type transaction.
0: That was a $100 million uh, (laughs) acquisition, (laughs) you know, and so, yeah, that's not coming from an ad.
1: Yeah, and it was funny you mentioned the Super Bowl because I remember reading uh, a book from one of the VPs of marketing from McDonald's, and he talked about the lift that they saw in their stores after the Super Bowl ads, and actually, they couldn't measure it. Right, yeah. So you look at the cost and then you look at the ROI, you come back and say, hey, this, this obviously isn't working, but they still do it.
0: Well, I, you know, they, they have money to play with. <laughs> Most of us in, in uh, smaller businesses don't have that kind of money to throw around. And anything that we do, we need it to work. And so that's one of the reasons we love this strategy is it really focuses on the relationships that can drive deals.
1: So, I mean, what's also interesting is that we're both podcasters. So uh, when we f- first start talking about this, this obviously caught my attention because people talk about, hey, I want to be a podcaster. So you're suggesting, so just, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'll make sure I'm clear. You're using this as a as a marketing tactic to help your clients um, leverage relationships and generate leads opposed to becoming a top-ranked famous podcaster. Is that the, uh, would that sum it up?
0: Yeah, you know, that that's the biggest misconception I think people have about Podcasting as a medium, and you see all this energy and effort put into trying to get you know like on the new and noteworthy on iTunes, and it's not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with any of that, but the value. In fact, we just did our hundredth episode. We were talking about this before we started recording because I know you've just just hit yours as well. And so, in the hundredth episode, I kind of recorded my takeaways from from two years and a hundred episodes of podcasting. And what we've seen happen is that. A podcast is really not a great lead generation tool by itself, just from the listenership, right? Because there are a million podcasts out there. It's hard to get discovered. The very, very few at the top tend to get all of the big listenership. And even then, I mean, even if you talk to the most successful, biggest podcasts, they'll tell you they don't generate a ton of leads off of the podcast. They'll get some, but not a not In comparison, there are other means that would be better, things like what you might do for someone. And the real value then, if it's not in the listenership, is in these relationships that you can build and how you can then turn those into lead generation opportunities. So a great example of that is I interviewed someone on my podcast a little over a year ago, and he had just done a webinar for Score the service core of retired executives, and they've got an email list of I don't know one hundred thousand or more business owners in in the U.S. or around the world. And as a result of that interview, we were chit chatting at the end of his interview, and he said, "Hey, would you ever be interested in doing a webinar for them?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know." And so he connected me, and a month later, I am doing a webinar with them where we, you know, we generated I don't know fifteen hundred or two thousand leads in a day. So. That's the real lead generation value. That's how it happens. It doesn't happen the way most people think of it. So it's good there, right? Yep. But the other thing that's really useful with a podcast is it allows people to get to know you and your brand and your company because they hear your voice. And what we've seen is that it is a tremendous conversion tool. So what we'll we'll see now when we get on sales calls with a potential client, because oftentimes they will tell us, well, you know, my, my buddy was listening to your podcast. He said, I should listen to it. So I started listening. And then I just, I kind of binge listened. And then I realized I just need to have a call with you. And then they're a client. It just gives you this way to develop a deep relationship with someone in a very short time. If You think about it, somebody goes and binge listens to, let's say 10 or 20 episodes. They've spent five or 10 hours with me now. Where else can I do that?
1: Yeah, and that was new to me. I, I was just uh, interviewing a, a friend of mine, or someone I had met at the uh, New Media Summit, Adam Scheibel, and he mentioned that that uh, he has clients for his podcast. Um, he's in the health and wellness space that had binge listened to all of his episodes, and I had never considered that before as a new podcaster that people would go back and binge listen just like they do on Netflix, where they binge watch something. I thought that's really cool. I don't have any other advertising. Nobody else is going to go onto my social media account and go back through all my past tweets, all my past Instagram posts or try to find my Facebook ads. So, you know, it was just brand new. I went, wow, that's really cool. Because like you said, you're adding value to people. You're not not hard selling and they're going to spend hours with you, which would, uh, who wouldn't want that opportunity?
0: Yeah, it's a really fascinating little behavior that we've noticed. And when those people come, they're really well prepared. They're great
1: prospects. So kind of looking at where you're at today and where you're moving, uh, what are some of the things that uh, get you really excited about uh, the space that you're in?
0: Well, I'll tell you the thing that we're most excited about right now is we made a shift over the last year. So we were we were doing consulting and, and coaching with our clients. We basically teach them how to implement these ideas and they would go off and do them. And what we found was that most of the time they didn't have the capability or the bandwidth or the team to go and do it. And so we, uh, after being asked just enough times, I, I finally relented and realized, look, we need to to create something where we're doing this for them. And I think that's actually a huge opportunity for a lot of folks right now is that there's there's so much information around marketing what there is a lack of is how to actually implement it and make it work. And so so about a year ago we launched a done for you side of our business where we'll, you know, work with clients and produce podcasts and and help them through this entire process where we kind of take care of all of the back end and all they have to do is show up and talk. And that's just sort of taken off. And so we're super excited about that. And frankly, I'm really excited about this medium. And I didn't expect to be here. You know, I'm two years into my own podcast and now we've produced podcasts for a whole bunch of clients. I'm just really excited about the opportunity that this medium provides. And I don't think it's sort of a transitory thing because it's based on some fundamental Characteristics of humans. You know, we like connecting with each other. Like, you know, I was looking forward to this call today because I get to connect with Doug. I've never met Doug before, but now look, we're connected and, and we're getting to know each other. And so that's a fundamental human thing. And the other side of it on the consumption side, people like to be voyeuristic. They like to eavesdrop. I always think about the person who's listening to the podcast. It's like we're at a cocktail party and Doug, you and I are having a conversation and they're the third person that's just sort of standing there holding their drink listening.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, and and it's that kind of medium. And so it plays into a lot of natural human nature. And I always look, when I'm thinking about marketing, I always want to look for things that aren't going to change because there's so many other mediums now that change so fast that what worked six months ago no longer works now. And that just makes my business really complicated. So I like to keep it simple and focus on the things that aren't changing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's so true. I mean, I, I'm looking, you know, at certain industries right now where the, you know, the top four social platforms are not allowing advertising. Yeah. So, you know, they're just saying, hey, you you can't advertise that product on our platform. And so, you're right. Not only is the are the rules of the platforms changing, but the rules of what you can and can't advertising are changing. And that's simply not the case in this format. Yeah,
0: and, and you have it's it's a media platform you have control over. It's you know the, the reason we lean on email so much. In addition to podcasts, it's a, it's a platform we have control over.
1: Absolutely. So. Why don't you just expand a little bit about what What does this look like for a client that says, hey, this, so- this sounds good. So I've, you know, um, because I, what I'm thinking of is that most of the people that I've, I talk to and I get feedback from are podcasting because they want to be podcasters. They're not using it for lead generation like you're suggesting. So if somebody's listening going, hey, I've, I never really want to be a podcaster, but hey, I like this idea of having a podcast to help me increase my business. How does that process start?
0: well we we start with a conversation to figure out what their goals are and make sure we're a fit because the, the folks we work with are are in a fairly narrow definition you know we really focus on service businesses that are, are selling a high ticket service that requires a lot of trust and and then you know once we decide that there's a you know we both decide there's a fit then we'll get to work developing branding for their podcast, we'll develop the questions that they're gonna ask. We'll we actually put a whole kit together. So and we do this with our own podcast as well. But anytime they have, you know one of our clients invites a guest, we ship a you know as if it's coming from our client, a box to that person. And it's got a whole series of, you know, frequently asked questions and how to prepare for the interview, all the things that, that, that person who is going to be a guest probably for the first and maybe the only time ever on a podcast, you know, it, t- it takes care of all of the anxiety. So we ship that to them and it includes a little gift so that they'll remember again, it's not about the interview. It's about creating a relationship and creating a, a memorable experience for that guest because we're thinking three moves down the line. Yeah. So we put all of this stuff together And we get all that kind of technology working in the background so that once the client is ready to go and we've helped them build a list of the people to invite, they invite those people, they get on a conference line, we host all that technology, and uh, all they've got to do is have a conversation. And we we usually give them four or five really simple conversation prompts to keep it going in case things stall. But it's awesome. And I get texts all the time from clients after they do their first interview and they go, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing ever. I never could have gotten that guy on the phone. It was so cool. You know, and uh, so it's just, it's a lot of fun. Again, I I think it taps into something fundamental in, in human beings that we want to connect with people.
1: Yeah. Someone had asked me at one point, I can't remember where, what uh, meeting I was in, they said, what gives you energy? So, you know, if, if you're tired and, 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 you know, you're kind of been busy for the day, what activity can you do that gives you energy? And I think Man, I love talking to people in this this format. So um, I set aside, you know, one day a week, Thursdays to do all my interviews and batch them. And I so look forward to Thursdays. I get cool. I get to talk to three or four new people today and and learn about their superpower and their expertise. So just even as a host, that fills me up, not to mention any of the business benefits that might come uh, come along with it.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I I, like you. I batch them. I do them on Fridays. I love Fridays, not not for the the fact that it's the beginning of the weekend, but man, it is the most fun day of the week because I just get to talk to people and create new relationships, and it's just it's so much fun. And uh, and I I learn a lot as well, so it, it can be a tremendous educational experience. But the opportunities that it's created for our business have been huge just through the connections that we've made. And I've gotten to talk to people I never would have been able to talk with, you know, otherwise. New York Times best-selling authors, you know, business celebrities, people like that. And so it's just a lot of fun.
1: So what do you think the biggest myth is about this tactic?
0: Uh, I go back to the, the fallacy that it's about the consumption. That it's about how many downloads and listeners you have. And that only really matters if you're selling ads, which I think is probably the worst way you could possibly monetize a podcast. It's it's not, a, you know, if you got that kind of listenership, great, do it. But but I don't think that's where the big opportunity is. I think a lot of people look at it and believe that it's it's a lot harder than, than it really is. On the technology side, there are a lot of moving parts. And, and for some businesses that don't have a team in place, yeah, that can be kind of, you know, a challenge to overcome, but doing the actual interviews is not difficult at all. You don't need to be Dan Rather or Barbara Walters. You just need to be able to have a conversation with somebody else on the other end.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool. And that's, uh, that's, that's great comment. I mean, good, uh, good feedback. And you're right. And I think the challenge there is, like you said, you need to have a team, there's a lot of moving pieces. And what I, what I see, because I'm in a, you know, a couple of mastermind groups that focus on podcasting, is that people try to do all of the work themselves. And so to your point, you know, the role of the podcaster is to have the conversations with the people and not to be editing the, uh, editing the episodes and publishing the episodes and doing the graphics for the episodes and everything else that needs to happen to promote it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You just want to show up and talk.
1: That's the goal. It took me a while to get all those pieces, but we finally got there, which was really good. So what's some of the bad advice you hear in the industry around uh, referral marketing? So, you know, I'm sure you travel lots. I travel lots. We're, we're out in places. We hear conversations and then sometimes you'll hear somebody giving advice and you're thinking, man, I wish I wish that person wasn't giving that advice. because This is bad advice. So what's the bad advice? There's a lot of it out there.
0: The, the typical advice on, on referrals is just to ask every client in almost every interaction. And then if they give you a referral, follow up a lot. And while that works for those who do it, what we found is that for most people, it's bad advice because they're just not going to do it. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And one of the, the little secrets, I guess, we discovered was that if we make that first step of the referral, like a really easy, no risk step. In other words, hey, let me share some really great information with the people in your network, with the, with your audience. That, that becomes not, not a risk for them, it now becomes a benefit for the person who's referring. We call it the virtuous referral cycle because we'll have an influencer who will share some of our information. So maybe it's a short book that I wrote, or sometimes it's as simple as an article that they'll send out to people, or maybe it's a webinar. And you know, they'll get people writing them back thanking them for that. Oh, this was perfect timing. I really needed that. Well, that reinforces the referral behavior. Whereas if you follow the typical advice where you're sort of, you know, buttonholing a, a client into referring you, you're kind of trapping them. A lot of times they'll just disappear. They'll go into the witness protection program. They'll stop returning <laughs> your calls. And it's not that they don't want to help. Yeah. It's just that, you know, most of our clients aren't professional salespeople. I mean, in some businesses, yes, they are. But most of the time they aren't. Even when they are, they've got their own sales to make. They don't have time to go make yours. And really what you're asking them to do is to go and do the most difficult thing in every business, which is prospect and nurture and bring someone to a sales meeting.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's uh, certainly the case. I mean, I've, I've talked about uh, my podcast several times before that, you know, sales is the least favorite thing for most people in business. And they'll find all sorts of things that look like sales activities just so they don't have to do the hard thing, which is having the conversation or asking for the business.
0: Yeah. And and when you ask someone to give you a referral, they have to go have a sales conversation, you know, at, at some level with somebody that they care about in their world. And on top of that, they're taking all the risk now because they're ultimately gonna put them in a one-on-one meeting with you and the way most referrals work. that I mean, we all know what that is, that's a sales meeting, you know? And the only way we're gonna be successful in that sales meeting is for a transaction to happen. So they know that they're sending somebody they care about into a high pressure situation and they're not quite sure if that person's ready for it or interested or cares. And and that's why if you kind of go up the funnel a little bit, like we talked about earlier, now it becomes so much easier because they're not taking on all that risk.
1: Well and you're providing value so you know often you know I'll talk to people about their email marketing saying quit pounding your list and asking people to buy stuff why don't you give them something of value so for those people who can't think of well, what can I offer them a of value here's an opportunity go look for somebody who like yourself who can provide value so when I receive the email I'm thinking wow that was great they, they didn't pitch me on anything they actually gave me something that that encourages me to open the next email because so so often we're always having this sales conversation. And at the end of it, I'm going, well, you know, what's, what's in it for me? You know, if I pull my credit card, I know what I get, but was there any, was there anything else?
0: Well, and you know, it's hard to come up with things that will be valuable, right? For an audience, you know, this, you've got a podcast, the hardest thing is to come up with the next guest, right? Yep. The, the most difficult thing in email marketing is to figure out what is the next email going to say that's going to give value. Well, that's a problem for somebody that has an audience that's publishing like that. You can be the solution to that problem by coming in and saying, you know what, I know you talk about all of this. I've got this other thing that sort of works in parallel or, you know, something that adds value on top of what you do. Let me come in and communicate about this and take the burden off of you.
1: Right, and so it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, it's a, it's a win for you because you get in front of a new audience. It's a win for the person who has the relationships because they get to provide something of value that they didn't have to buy or pay for, and it's a win for their their audience because their audience gets something of value as well.
0: Yeah, it, everybody wins. You get everybody's interests aligned. I mean, and that's to me, that's one of the, the least used strategies in business is really looking at and understanding okay, here's my interest. I want to grow my business. That means I need to get customers. I need to make sales. Okay. Now, if I look out around me, who are the people that already have the relationships and trust with the people that I want to do business with? How can I figure out what their interests are and align myself with their interests? So it's in their interest to help me. And then looking beyond that to the potential client, what are their interests and how can I align what I'm doing with these partners so that it, aligns with the interests of the ultimate prospect. And if you can do all that, everything becomes really, really easy.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense.
0: Yeah. But there's no piece of software you can buy that's gonna do that. There's no marketing automation that will help you do that. You have to sit down and think about it and, and talk to people and build relationships and understand what, what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of laughing in the background because you're right. I mean, there, there is no one button you can push. It doesn't matter what you use for a CRM. It's not gonna happen uh, magically um, just because uh, you've got everybody in a database. Well, and I've gone, I've gone the other direction where I've looked for people that offer what you're, you know, like you're saying, you've got this, this, this free offer because tell my clients quit discounting, find partners that can bring value to your potential clients and bundle that information. You don't have to discount your price. You just need to add the right amount of value. And if you can get that value from a third party where you're not writing a check for it, that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple couple questions and I'll let you get back to your day. First question would be who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Speaking of the the toughest thing is finding the next guest, so that's a great uh, segue into that question.
0: It is. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you uh, I had a really interesting interview recently with a super successful entrepreneur. His name's Robert Hartline and I'll be happy to connect in and, and uh, super Guy built just had astronomical growth. And he's got some fantastic insights about how to take a company through through really massive growth and, and still make it be a sane company to run.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. And uh, Steve, where's the best place for people to reach out and connect with you if they want to find out more and learn you know, what you're doing, the types of products and services or companies you work with and, and uh, about your offering?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Doug. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we've put a a page up on our site just for uh, your listeners. And so they can go to unstoppableceo.net slash RMRF. So unstoppableceo.net slash RMRF for real marketing real fast. And and, uh, we've got some things for them there. We've got a, a complete guide that kind of shows them how we we create these systems to, we call it selling without selling, to be able to build these relationships and let those drive the sale. And if they want to get in touch with me and, and, and talk a little bit, there's a, a link on there where they can book a time and we can have a conversation.
1: Plus well, perfect. Hey, I really appreciate you. And just want to say thanks for taking time today to, uh, to share what you guys are doing and how you're helping your clients with our audience.
0: Yeah, thanks, Doug. This has been a lot of fun and uh, hope to connect with you real soon.
1: Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I want to take a deeper dive in what you're doing and, and love the uh, love your approach and where you're going. So listeners, there's another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. And if you didn't pick up on it, uh, Steve said very early on today that 65% of new businesses coming from word of mouth marketing. So I don't know if those numbers um, don't uh, wake you and shake you. You should take a deeper look, have a look at what he's doing. Uh, we'll make sure the notes are transcribed. So I'll have a link to Steve's company and the landing page that they've set up especially for you. So I'd suggest check it out. He's also uh, a bestseller so if you're looking to get some more information and background you can head over to amazon and take a look at two of steve's books there as well so thanks for listening and i look forward to serving you on our next episode That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.